Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here with week 73 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it is me, the Lone Vault Wanderer, drinking some coffee. It's bloody fantastic. <laughs> and we have a special guest with us this week. Yeah. I'm Volta Daedalus. Uh, I'm a moderator on the Fallout, Fallout Law, and Deus Ex subreddits. Um, oh, you're Deus Ex moderator. I was about to say, now. wait, hold up, what? Yeah, I've been you got promoted. A few months now. <laughs> I don't remember That's that. That's awesome. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. So, Rob, you, you, you were on here on episode two. 71 yeah, episodes four. later, here you are, man. How does it feel? Uh, <laughs> it's been putting off coming back a lot, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. All good, though. I'm glad you're here. So, this week uh, is going to be interesting because there isn't a ton of Bethesda stuff. But before we get into all of that, as always, if you want to listen on the go... Links down below. Someone tried to catch me slipping. They're like, I, I think someone said, like, where's the mobile episode? And someone responded and said, like, just wait a week. It'll be there. And, like, it was there a minute later. I was like, fuck you. Uh, so <laughs> that, was, that was a good victory moment. So, yeah, your episodes will be on the go at some point soon um, as you're listening to this. I, see, what the thing is that, is that I have the mobile episode ready. But I feel like if I release it on Saturday and it comes out Saturday night, then no one comes and watches the video. And, and and tries to tune you're, in. You're such a fucking view whore, Maddie. No, I mean, God. Look, we need you good numbers to, to get guests on. That's why we need good <laughs> numbers for our podcast, to get these guests on. So, yeah, it's important. But as always, in the links down below, mobile views, uh, or, well, views. Jeez, you got it stuck in my head now. Mobile links, <laughs> uh, as well as timestamps, we want to skip to a different segment in the podcast. And each week, we want you guys to contribute to the podcast on Twitter. By tweeting at any of the handles you see on screen with the hashtag ham radio time last week, as somehow I predicted, we got a ton of answers. And so we're going to try a different question again this week to see if I can get as many of you guys to interact with us as possible. Okay. Todd Howard spears you in a crowd of people. What's your initial reaction? Like, do you get up, you fight him? You go like, holy shit, Todd Howard just <laughs> tackled me. Like, question. Like, what is your initial reaction to that? Like, this dude just fucking tackled me. You don't even try to identify who it is and just fight. Like, I'm curious. Dude, to do see we have a reason say. why Todd Howard is randomly spearing people no, in public? No. no. You, you are <laughs> why like, don't you like Fallout Four? <laughs> you were like walking in the mall, group of people, and all of a sudden you just the crowd splits and he just darts through and hits you with a vicious Bobby Lashley spear. <laughs> It's like one of those videos where people just get randomly tackled into pools. They're the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. So you, that happens to you in a public place. Everyone's seeing you just get ripped down by Todd. What is your reaction? I want to know. Great question. Anyway, as I said, this week is uh, a pretty quiet week for Bethesda. Really nothing going on. Uh, but what we wanted to talk about is the marketing focus on Nuka World. There has been a giant... Yes. Focus on it. It's just been, I want to say overkill, but like it, it's been a lot. Trailers, been, tons of screenshots, yeah. tons of information every day, multiple times a day. It's, it's really insane. It's like it's like what Fallout I, Four. Before it what came I really out. like, um, I don't know if you saw it. You know how when you go to any old amusement park, like when I went to Disneyland, for example, and they give you a map. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a. Uh, I guess yeah. They they released a map before too. It was. It, was... It, it, it looked really cool. I was trying to think of a word for it, but. Uh, it's kind of like a cartoonized uh, map that obviously isn't to scale or anything like that, but you're right. Like They're having this huge marketing push on it, and I think you know to do with the fact that it is the last DLC. But by also, all what's accounts... Weird, not to interrupt so, you, but what's weird is that they're also doing it for like a physical thing. Like You can actually go to, I think it was GameStop, they said, and you can just get a physical version of that map. Really? Yeah. For, it's yeah. kind of weird for a DLC that's 
coming out uh, nine months after the game's launched. Like that's, I think that's, that's pretty cool. You can't get them in the UK though, which is really annoying. But um, no Australia, these... I feel you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> My GameStop didn't have them, so they've got these um, lunchbox, nuclear world lunchboxes as well, and a steel case. Oh yeah, and clothes. Oh. And clothes. Like, they didn't do any of this for Far Harbor, if I remember. Like, they did the, the standard, like, oh, we're putting the stuff from the DLC in Fallout Shelter. But that's yeah. all I think I've seen. All they did for Far Harbor was the Far Harbor um, add-on image as a shirt. Oh, that's it. Did they even do a stream for Far Actually, Harbor? Actually, yeah, they did do a shirt. I, I don't even think they did. I really don't think I, they did. I, I think they um, they put Dima into Fallout Shelter, or is that me just... Going crazy. I, I think no, they were just one of the characters. It was Old Longfellow. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. Old Longfellow. So, yeah, it's been like almost like before Fallout 4 came out. You know, it's been that type of level of marketing. I don't know if it's the same level of hype, but it's been that same level of marketing where, where they've just been one after another with it. And it's it's been interesting to see because it's like, is this. I, obviously, you have to pose the question: Is like, is this really it? Because they're acting tin, tin like foil hat time. Yeah, they're <laughs> acting like you know, this is just a big to do, but not officially coming out and saying like, here's the last DLC. They've really never, aside from interviews with Pete Hines, they've never said like, you know, join us on Fallout 4's final DLC or anything like that in the marketing. They've never said anything about it being. Officially. Don't do this to me, Maddie. I'm just Don't saying, do this to me, Maddie. I'm not <laughs> trying to work anyone up because it, it's probably the end, or else they would have clarified. But they, they literally have not officially stated on any of the marketing material this is the final one, unless I'm I've missed something. I, anything I've seen on the Twitter, nothing, nothing is said. Well, it's, it's final DLC, last trip. This is it. Nothing like that. They, they should have called it Last Ride because it's an amusement park. It would have just worked, but. <laughs> it's interesting because if they had really focused on the fact that this was the last DLC, I think people would have resented it for that. Like, people somewhat already do because they know that it is the last DLC and saying, oh, you know, we should get an extra one, blah, blah, blah. So I guess maybe if they had focused on that fact, then people would have resented this DLC a little bit more because it's the last DLC and that fact is constantly being shoved in their face. I'm not too sure. That's possible. Yeah, that makes sense. It does because, you know... Any excuse to shit on Bethesda, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been it's been quite a bit. But I've been, I've been really enjoying the the marketing. I mean, it's lighthearted, it's fun, mm-hmm. it's not taking itself too seriously. I guess we kind of touched on that with the official launch trailer, but it's true. And I, you know, I, I I'm not going to say whether I have the code or not. I do have the code, whatever. But I haven't jumped <laughs> into it yet. And I'm kind of still lukewarm as to whether I want to fully jump into it and play it, only because I have so many other commitments. But yeah, it's it it just sucks. I, like at the, at the end of the day, it's the last DLC, and and people you know might feel shitty about it. But I'm excited to move on. I, I really am, and I know many people are as well. I just want it to be like end of September already. That's what <laughs> I want it to be. Like that's I want it because like. For me, on a personal note, I get, like, really fucking anxious during these times with YouTube. Um, like these in-between periods. These periods where, like, it, it's like, okay, like, with Fallout 4 after it launched, like, there was always that degree of uncertainty, but you always knew, like, okay, it's going to be DLC, it's going to be, like, yeah. mods, it's going to be shit to do. And for me, even though I have a roadmap on what I want to do, I'm still, like, freaking out, like, on the on the inside going, like, going okay, I, I, I'm yeah. so nervous on 
you know, because with Fallout 4, you could wake up and be like, okay, I got to make three videos today. Yeah. What do I want to talk about when it comes to Fallout? All right, I'll do that, and then I'll do two different games. Now there's, like, mods, mm. and that's it. Can, can, can I ask you, Rob, what's the feeling on the Fallout Reddit about Fallout 4 coming to an end? Like, I'm, I'm assuming that you check up on a bunch of posts and stuff. What, what are people's general sentiments? They could vary. For spoiler's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's still kind of a mixed bag. Because yeah. um, I was saying to a friend uh, who also moderates, um, kind of a love it or hate it at the moment. Yeah. Like, people are really looking forward to the Nuka World and they think it'll be a good send off. There's also the other side. That think it, it's a really bad send off. Um, bad send off because it's the last, or bad send off uh, because uh, the, the well, theme of Fallout New the, World. Um, both. They say um, the general feel of New World is kind of what they summarised Fallout Four up to be. So they said it was like a fitting end, but in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> because it was kind of like a joke, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cynical, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, someone, someone's, like, got a big evil grin on their face because they came up with something cynically clever. <laughs> that's even a phrase. But I thought it was cool that we got the um, animations they did. You know, like, the Bullet Boy yeah, animations? Yeah, the, the bottle and cappy, like, yeah. cartoon. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was cool. Because they did one for, like, the in-game, you can see in the trailer, and then they did one separately as, like, promotion. This is yeah, why I say, yeah. dude, make a Fallout cartoon. Just make a Fallout cartoon. I want it so bad. Just a, just like a, almost like the Overwatch shorts where they're they're only on the internet, only on YouTube. Do the same thing with Fallout. I'd love that. That'd be Those, so cool. That Bastion Overwatch short, like, just fucking <laughs> made me cry. I swear to God. I'll I didn't cry, it. but it's I was so just kind of, I, I thought to myself, okay, you're not too bad. I don't mind. <laughs> I hate you a little less now, Bastion. Yeah, that's what everyone said. They're like, wow, this character has pissed me off for like 90 hours. I saw in a comment. As now I feel for him for like five minutes. It's because of the cute little bird. That's mm-hmm. the only reason. Uh, like brilliant. I said last week, this is the best moments. He's about to go brutally murder everyone, and then a bird tra- changes his mind. And he goes back in the woods. I'm like, okay, that's. Yeah. That works. But no, you're right. I think like a, maybe for the next big Fallout game or project or whatever, kind of associating that with shorts. And they, and they did, to be honest, though, they did that this time around. I mean, do you remember the special cartoons that they had? Yes. Um, those were fun. Like, those were cool. And I think they could try and take it a step further with the uh, Overwatch shorts. Because um, those are fucking so well done. They but, th- like, they're a bit more, like, they're a level up compared to the special shorts. I mean, those were kind of, what, 30 second to a minute small things. I can't remember how long they were. Two. but Minutes yeah. cartoons. That, I, I thought they had more personality, though, because, it, it, you know, it's about the game. It was teaching you about what you could do with each special yeah, stat. Yeah. But it also was charismatic, whereas these Pixar-like videos from Overwatch are a lot... They're, they're story material. That's what it is. They're, they're giving oh, a story to these mm-hmm. characters that... Tell you the truth, one of my only complaints about Overwatch, I fucking love it's still my game of the year. Uh, but you know, my real complaint with it is that they don't put in game these backstories at all. Yeah. There's there's no backstories where you could just click a button and read some text about them or watch a video that they put in the game, maybe you know, just connect it to something like that. I, uh, I'm very that. surprised that you can't access those Overwatch shorts within the game itself. I mean that seems like a no brainer. I'm shocked that they instead 
release comics, which are not unlockables in the game. That would be cool for you hit a certain level, you unlock a comic, or like get a certain amount of unlocks for a player, unlock their comic. I'm shocked yeah. that they had long text files for each of the heroes before launch on the site, but didn't copy and paste those into the game. Like to me, Dude, it's funny. funny. This is screaming like Destiny, and people got upset at that. Uh. Uh, yeah, no, I said the same thing in my <laughs> review. I was like, yeah, you know, people like screamed at Bungie and Destiny for doing everything outside of the game, but everyone's like, that's Overwatch's biggest strength is is the multi <laughs> multimedia platform thing. I'm like, no, there. Could, if it was thing. all in a package, it could be, it'd be uh, oh god, dare I say near perfect? Dare I say? <laughs> I say I can't say that phrase anymore. It's been ruined for me. Like I'm just be like 60 sitting in a rocket cha- rocking chair. I must say that and have flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like sitting in a rocket chair. New perfect. New perfect. New yeah. perfect. It's just like that's all you say now. I mean, just <laughs> uh, no. But I know we uh, kind of changed topic, but it would be awesome. Like for example, there's like a BIOS uh, page or whatever in actual Overwatch game where they describe the characters. Because right now, you're kind of jumping into the multiplayer. Say if you're a new player, right? If you're an old player, this is different. But if you're a new player, you jump into the game and you see a bunch of these characters. You don't know who they're about or, or what they're about. Maybe you haven't seen the marketing because you're a casual fan. Mm. And it's kind of hard to get a little bit invested. When you watch the Bastion short, everyone hates Bastion a little less for a reason. Because they get invested in the character. They understand his backstory. They understand why he has a fucking bird pet. But you don't get that sense when you play in the game. And I think that's a, a such a powerful statement that could have been made in the game to, I guess, ha- make you having to, I guess, what, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Just like, like this. I get more attached, etc. You know, oh, yeah, anyways, I I'm, I'm, don't know how to talk today, but <laughs> it would have been better. Yeah. I'm uh, definitely awake. It's only 9 o'clock. What we could shift this discussion to, though, is, is rather what's next for Bethesda. You know, they're saying Rob, El- what- Elder Scrolls Six is very far away from the sounds of it. Very far. Oh, you could spit out Elder Scrolls games every yeah. year. Yeah, exactly. Dude, honestly, they could annualize Fallout and Elder Scrolls so <laughs> easily, dude. So easily. With the way they set up Fallout 4's like questing system, where there really weren't too many actual side quests. You know, what I mean, like a lot of radio quests. They did that in a new setting every year. Like, I, I really think a lot of people would eat that shit up. And I'm so happy they don't do it. But it's one of those things I thought, and I was like, damn, they could really just say, fuck I'm, this. I'm happy they don't either. Yeah, I tweeted earlier um, asking if we'll think we'll get any more updates or patches after Nuka World. Because I remember back when Skyrim, um, was it Dragonborn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When that finished, they came out and said, okay, we've finished development on Skyrim completely now. So I'm wondering if when that will be for Fallout 4. I think the one thing that they just have to get right, and not for Fallout 4, just for Fallout 4's sake, but also for Elder Scrolls' uh, special edition's sake, is getting PS4 modding right. And, you know, I think that's going to be their focus. And whatever the fucking reason is, you know, in terms of why it hasn't um, been introduced yet to PS4, they need to get that right because they did advertise it for special edition Skyrim. So yeah. I think that's going to be their main yeah. focus and, and whatever patches come out would be suited you know, to, to fix that and also to refine console modding on Xbox One too. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, 
I think they're going to do a similar thing that they did with uh, Skyrim. But what's weird is they did that in April. And I think Skyrim's Dragonborn came out... June, I think? Yeah, something like that. Mm. I think they did it beforehand saying, like, we're done after Dragonborn. But I wonder if they're going to do the same with Fallout 4. I don't, they might not thinking about it because they've got the Fallout 4 VR next year, haven't they? Mm. That's so. true. They have so many things on, hey. Yeah, uh, I mean, but what I mean next is in the terms of like a big game or something. Do you think they're going to do like a. My guess was Starfield was going to get announced next year. I mean, I, I really think that's a thing because. I think so. Yeah. They, they've been saying they've been working on it since I, I want to say either 2012 or 13. That's around the time next gen kits got handed out, and if it's a new IP, they don't. Now, mind you, I'm not a marketer. I'm just saying, from my standpoint, though, it's not a Fallout or an Elder Scrolls where it's going to have those jets right behind it from the start, where yeah. you probably need nine months or so, six months, give or take, to mm. market this thing to let people know about Starfield and what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think they will have to because, regardless of what it is, it's going to disappoint the Elder Scrolls fans because they're going to have to wait even longer. But I think that's probably why they came out and said that, yeah, we are working on more things before Elder Scrolls 6. And not just Starfield as one project. They have a second project, apparently, you know, before Elder Scrolls Mm. 6. So whatever that's going to fucking be, who knows? Um, But I think it's a a good thing that they have the second studio in Montreal to, to support those additional projects. It allows them to spread their wings a little bit um, also allows them but, to get it out faster. Honestly, which, that, no, that, you're that exactly was, right. That was an issue. They they we, need to get games out a little bit faster, and I think they realize that. Which is kudos to them. They they have a lot yeah. of money they could sit on. And just say fuck it, but I think they've realized that there's a certain demand that they have to make an effort to meet. Like we we appreciate that they take their time making these games because they're excellent. They're you know people say Fallout 4 is a bad game. It's not a bad game. A bad game's like. That uh, not... Ride to Hell Retribution. That's a bad game. <laughs> That's a bad game. You know. Or uh, Rogue Warrior, which yeah, is like, another Bethesda those game. Are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, published, mind you, but still. Those are, those are bad games. And, and so, you know, it's not like Bethesda Game Studios really made a, a bad game. And so there's a reason why. It's because they take their time. And they're also yeah. really smart. And efficient, because they have such a small staff. So, I think they realize, though, that, okay, you know, we can't have that insane weight for Fallout 4 or similar to Fallout 4 because it was kind of detrimental to the end product where people ended up not enjoying it as much as they could have. Yeah. Mind you that the game did have some glaring flaws after a month they started to stick out, but um, you know, initially they kind of rode it into the ground sort of. It's like a hype but rocket. Honest, like I'm of the thought that you know, I don't necessarily want Fallout to be given to another studio because I think Fallout 4 is a bad game and Obsidian can make an awesome, great Fallout game. They can make a great game as well and I like those games for their own reasons. But I think they should pass off the Fallout RP to another studio just so we can get another Fallout game in two or three years and not have to wait seven years. I mean, think about it. One Fallout game a console generation. That's insane. That's yeah. crazy yeah. when you put it that way. I mean, we, put it this way. If we didn't have New Vegas... We would have had Fallout 3 for Xbox 360, PS3, and then Fallout 4, Xbox One, and PS4. That's, that's nuts. One Fallout game a generation. 
And that's I, why I think they I'll actually say. took a step back and said, okay, that's silly. <laughs> I mean, that's why I want to see another studio pick up the Fallout range. If it's Obsidian, great. My prediction is that they're going to bring it into an internal studio so they don't have to pay so many fucking licensing fees because they, they want to pay their own staff and, and have it off to, to, to Montreal. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. They just buy, buy Obsidian. <laughs> On that note, do you think um, it'll be the Montreal studio making the new IPs or. I don't know. It's tough I to think, say. I think what they should do is hand the older IPs, for example, like a Fallout, off to Montreal because I think Bethesda Game Studios in Maryland should try to spread their wings and try something new. Because Fallout 4, I've always said, shows that they're not short of good ideas, just they don't have enough licenses to put those good ideas into. Like The, the voice protagonist and the voice acting in Fallout 4 was handled super well. It was so good. But it's it was- not... That's not the type of thing that should be in a Fallout game, really. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Good yeah, voice acting should be nowadays, but not a voice protagonist, I think. Despite all the good times we've had with Brian and, and Courtney and all these Despite awesome how good of... Like, put it this way, right? If they were to get anyone to do voice acting, like, uh, Courtney and Brian were perfect choices. I mean, they were great at what they did. They were amazing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the were. sentiments, you know, from the Fallout community is that, well, that's not Fallout was traditionally based upon. And when you change something in such a drastic way... Some people aren't going to like it, and I understand that. I, I really do understand that. I personally uh, thought it helped. I thought it helped the story, but I can completely understand why some people thought that, that it, it wasn't yeah. good from a Fallout perspective. Exactly, yeah. Like, I thought so, too. I thought it helped move the story along. It helped like hit the emotional notes, but I don't think it was for, yeah. for, for a Fallout game. Um, I think it worked the one playthrough. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. You and then maybe the second one as if you chose the other character or the other yeah. gender. yeah. True. Well, after that, uh, I just kind of really lost uh, interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on to our, our next segment because we don't really have much news to round up here. It's, it was just a discussion. But uh, let's mm. talk about some general games, what we're playing this week, and some of our favorite general gaming news that's popped up. I got a couple of headlines I screenshotted, so if you see me looking down, it's because oh. I can't bring up a page on my screen or else you won't see my face. So... Got to work with what we have here. Um, who would like to go first? Look, I would like to go first because it's a Fallout thing, and I think we should get it out of the way, and move on. Mm. But I was playing Fallout One yesterday, and the thing that I want to talk about, and I, and I was playing it for like ten hours, so it was an entire stream. It was great, but that game is such a pain in the fucking ass, and for this reason, <laughs> you can't make the wrong mistake you can't say the wrong thing because if you do it's not just like fallout 3 where for example if you fail a speech check they're just like they, they, the person denies you or something if you've accidentally hit your companion for example they'll attack you straight away if you say the wrong thing to the brotherhood of steel they'll kick you out of the fucking brotherhood like no <laughs> yeah. warning or anything like you gotta, that you gotta be like, a compulsive saver if you want to really the make game is brutal progress. Yeah. Like, there were so many times where I've had to fucking reload saves because no matter what you do in that game, it punishes you for it if you make the wrong decision. There's a it's lot of crazy. fail saves. Or fail states, rather. It's it's pretty oh. hard. I remember messaging Rob during it. I think it was Fallout 1. And it was at the Mariposa military base. And, like, I ended up in a cell there. And, like, I couldn't yes! escape. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, was... I, it happened to me as well. Like, for exa- I, I think it's when you're trying to get past Harry. And it, unless you can actually correctly spell, spell check him, spell check him, speech check him, or sneak past him or whatever, they'll put you in a fucking cell. And then I'm like, all right, what and do I do now? Armor, his weapon, nothing. And you, you have nothing. Get by like, him. 
when How the Syrians in that game snow? are fucking brutal. They will kick the shit out of you. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that was my fun experience with Fallout 1. Like, I'm, I, I like the game. I'm enjoying it. It's different. But Fallout 2 is a lot better in that regard where you don't have a lot of... I mean, Rob, it's like your favorite Fallout game, so you might correct me here. But, like, for me, I didn't have any real issues where, like, I would get stuck somewhere or... or <laughs> get fucking brutally killed aside from when you're like digging a grave and i think new reno or something and there's like explosives down there or something yeah 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 um there's a few uh yeah new reno is good for that Mm. well bad for it i guess (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite news though Mm. well okay one i've just got to mention this I love all the uh, the focus that's been going on Bioshock. Love it. But I want to talk more about Nintendo NX. Um, it's it's getting hyped up now, and I'm getting somewhat excited for it because it seems that Nintendo, you know, has realized what they did wrong with the, with the Wii U. And while, you know, it could have been a great console, maybe it just wasn't marketed correctly, you know, everyone knows the, the issues, not having third-party support. And it seems like they are going in a different direction. It seems like not just fans, but also other publishers are getting on board with the NX. And that gives me hope. Like, I, I don't know. I think it was take... No, it was like EA, which said Nintendo deserves to do well. And it, it seems Ubisoft is also getting on board. Matty, you made a video about Bethesda wanting yeah. to make games for the new Nintendo console. I mean, it seems like publishers are coming back into the fray with the Nintendo. And not just from a nostalgic perspective, because I grew up with a Nintendo and I want to see them prosper, but for fucking competition's sake, and we don't want to have a duopoly in the games industry where it's Microsoft and Sony, you know, being the two major competitors. I mean, competition is good. Well, competition's fantastic for consumers because it pushes companies to do better, to give you better better services at cheaper prices. It's simple economics. So, I'm really excited for the NX and I hope they knock it out of the park. I really do. Well, also, you don't see crazy random things like Sony randomly changing the online price for their services. Yeah, that, nowhere. Like that was I, interesting. I looked into that a little bit, and they didn't seem to provide a reason other than to provide our, our customers with their with their standard service that they're accustomed to. We had to bump the price up. I'm like, okay, so you're saying things just got more expensive out of nowhere? That that's what I got from that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Um, so yeah. yeah, Nintendo NX. I, I think they said that there was going to be like a Dragon Quest game as like a launch title or something like that. I saw that recently as well. I don't know if you guys have ever played that series. It's I know it's a JRPG series. I've never played it, but um, no, I haven't. Well, that's, I know the, that's that. the only type of like game thing I've seen that's been like confirmed for the NX. I think they are going to be releasing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild as a launch title, and I think they need to like desperately. Oh. Yeah, because that's the only Nintendo game I've seen that's been getting consistent, like, yeah. hype driving it. So I think if if I'm Nintendo, bump it off the Wii U. I and think they, they really are... want to drive sales. Pokemon open world game. I've been uh, saying that for years. I think yeah. everyone's been saying that for years. Everyone's I think been everyone... saying it for forever, since, like, the, the PS3 and 360. Just do, like, a open world Pokemon game of some form, dude. Oh, my God. Well, like... People saw Pokemon Go be really successful, and I think what that game proves is that Pokemon is an IP that can be applied to multiple different formats. I mean, at the end of the day, Pokemon's a fantastic, phenomenal IP Mm -hmm. and and, and brand that can be applied to anything and potentially be successful. 
let's have a fucking open world Pokemon game. I mean, we all love Pokemon It's going to happen at some point. That's the hard part. It should. It's going to happen. Should. Get Bethesda to do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so that's my news for today. Rob, we know what you've been playing. We want to hear a little bit about yes. that Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Okay, well, let's start. I've been playing a lot of it, so... Um, I'll start by saying I don't think it deserves that mixed review on Steam. Um, it hasn't been doing too well in that regard. Um, most of it boils down to three things. It's the microtransactions, uh, the, the story, and general bugs and glitches for the PC port. Uh, microtransactions is mainly consumables. Hmm. Um, I remember you sent me a screenshot of those. That, that looked kind of silly to me. Yeah, it was. It, it didn't seem like it had a place. No. Um, yeah, people got really annoyed about that, but the good thing about it is that it seems to have been an afterthought. So, I think the general consensus of microtransactions is that they don't trust the devs to do progression properly in games if it has microtransactions, but it seems to me like they did it after the game was pretty much done. Uh, and also the developers came out and practically threw Square Enix under the bus saying it was them who essentially wanted it to be put in Uh, well actually no they didn't say that they said the pre-order bonuses are one time uses only because first party um, whatever uh, forced it on them which to me sounds like they wanted it to be one, one use only because they want people to rely on the Microsoft Jacksons um, and I for the plot I'm perfectly happy with it so far I'm pretty far in now uh, seems like it's been getting really good reviews across the board on what? seems like the same thing with well, Fallout 4 though it's, it's got good critic reviews and the consumers are like ripping it apart for yeah yeah it is it's um because it, it's the second game I think somewhere they said it was being, going to be a trilogy and this is the second game in that, with Human Revolution being the first one. Uh, and because Human Revolution was a reboot, technically, it had a yeah. more of a solid ending just in case it didn't do well. Similar to, uh, what was it, Wolfenstein? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. People thought that was a, a solid ending because uh, I think he died at the end. Ooh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, because it is a, t- a second part of it, I wasn't expecting that much closure. I've, I've been spoiled on it, so I do know what happens. Oh, uh, that really? sucks. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's happened with Nuka World as well, so it's expected now. Um, yeah, fucking hell. So to me, I mean, it was expected, mm. but I just got to see how it pans out myself. And okay. as for the bugs and glitches, I haven't had that many. It's a very demanding game. I mean, I've got a uh, i7 3.4 quad core and uh, GTX 970 that's what you've got is it alone yeah 970 it's great yeah. uh, and I can run it on high and get stable 60 okay but there's also very high and ultra and I just can't touch them and get a good performance but it is very really good. yeah oh, yeah um, it does look very good though yeah I've seen some nice screenshots of that game it's awesome my, it looks good on high I've yeah. had two issues from what I've heard. Number one, I, I told you about this, Rob. We, we laughed about it. The, the fade to black. That still bothers me. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the fade to black stealth takedowns. If you don't know what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, 
in Deus Ex. It was in Human uh, Revolution when I was playing it. I told him, I was like, I can't stand this. I was hoping it wouldn't be in Mankind Divide. I watched gameplay. I'm like, oh, there it is again. It's when you're, like, against the wall, and you go to do a stealth takedown. You, like, press B. It'll fade to black. Do, like, an animation or something, and it'll fade back in. Or actually, it won't why fade back it, in. Why it'll, does it do that? It'll just fade to black, fade in. You'll do crazy animation. I think it's, like, a loading process it's, of some form. Yeah, and the person's like on the floor. Yeah. It's more like a cinematic thing, I think, they went for. But in Mankind Divided, there's, like, a shorter space between that fade to black. The fate of Black is shorter, so it's less intrusive. The other but, uh, issue that I heard about, you can correct me on this because I haven't played it yet, but based off what I saw on uh, Shinobi's Twitter, mm-hmm. he was saying how there's like a part in the game where it removes all your, your augmentations again. Like uh, like they did in Human Revolution on the boat. I, and you have to get all your upgrades back again through Praxis kits. Yeah, but you only have the... Uh, you only have the you start the game with all your orgs from the last game. Because you basically still got them. But Hold on, hold on, hold on. Is, is this kind of like an Assassin's Creed 1 scenario where you're an expert assassin and then you're yeah. stripped of all your ranks? But is it like in the first hour or is it like you're going halfway through the game with all this stuff and then... Yeah. No, it's first hour. It's tutorial mission. After tutorial mission, you get oh, reset. Oh, because he's like, he was complaining, or not rather complaining, he was saying like, he sounded pretty shocked by it, is, is what I got from uh, I, can't, I, I can't. like that mechanic, though. I mean, like, at least with, the, with regards to Assassin's Creed, I haven't played Deus Ex, but in the first Assassin's Creed, you're getting introduced to all of these cool equipment that you have, you know, the, what, what the future holds, essentially, you know, and then yeah. you're taken back to basics because you don't start a game overpowered. Yeah, no, I agree with that, but I don't like starting a game overpowered. I, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine because I feel like it ruins the surprise. One of the best surprises is when you buy this expensive piece of equipment and you, you find out what that equipment does. Not, okay, yeah. I, I spent all this money yeah. on something I already tried at the beginning of the game. I think I think it's a poor way of starting a game, personally. I mean, oh, it, with Deus Ex, it's different because they have a bunch of new augmentations, and also you, yeah. you're probably slightly familiar with it if it's just carrying over from the previous game. So if you played the previous game, then you'll know what you have. Yeah. But I, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like a middle-of-the-game thing, because that no, was no. one of my issues with Human Revolution, was that in the middle of the game, they took all your shit away, and you had to like get it back again. And that, to me, was like... It was deflating. just tedious. Yeah, it was deflating. I, I ended up rushing the second half of the game because I was, like, kind of pissed. Yeah, I mean, that was... That mission you're referring to in Human Revolution was the DLC mission. And originally, I think before the director's cut came out, you played it separately. So it pretty much was... So you could have a challenge with it instead of running into it. Actually, yeah, I forgot. At the end of that, you get all your shit back. But still, I just... Ugh. No, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't like it. It's the only part of the game I didn't like. It's a great game. I didn't like that part though. But Fair enough. I want, I want, I want to play Mankind Divided. Yeah, I mean, the thing of the Mankind Divided one is you carry on from the previous game, and obviously you're all fully orged up, mm. fully upgraded, and everything. Uh, but you lose after the tutorial mission because story reasons. Um, I think it is, it is good they did that because you do start off with pretty much everything. Mm. Otherwise, you wouldn't really have any any reason to progress yeah. would be way too easy absolutely so is it because i know you're a big deus ex fan and for you it's like deus ex and fallout is this living up to your your personal hype level because i assume yeah. you're like many others where you learn from fallout 4 and you're like with deus ex that's like your other big series so i want to know is it's, it's living up to what you want it to be yeah it's closest as it can get to human revolution which i'm perfectly happy with cool uh the color system is updated the graphics are obviously updated um has a new engine run like yeah it's well it's great apart from the port issues but i don't know if that's the engine or just about the port 
Uh, I find there's more choices in this one, like choices that have meaning, so far anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, the weapon, well actually I can't really speak for the weapon combat because I do stealth playthrough at the moment, so I barely okay. use weapons. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I'm, I know, I know I it's hard to, to measure now because you're in the middle of your first one, but uh, could you see yourself playing this again? Yeah, kind of definitely. Like, because, like I said, those those key choices. I've moaned about it on Twitter, <laughs> being indecisive about what which one to pick. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just worried about the ending part because if Square Enix has been meddling in it, it would suck to have to wait until the next game to get some proper closure. Mm-hmm. Well, as I, I was t- saying, as I, I was saying to you, sorry. No, you're fine. Keep going. Yeah. As I was saying to you on DMs. Uh, Part of the, the five-year wait between Human Revolution and Mankind Divided was developing the new engine. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the next game won't be such a long wait. Well, hold on. Th- it, they were working on nothing else but this game for five years because of the engine? Uh, well, I, I honestly don't follow any of their other games. It's just Deus Ex. Uh, Damn. That's long. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was going to say is I hope to God that Square Enix doesn't do this with Final Fantasy XV. Yeah. Sorry, they released... Thief in 2014. Oh, Thief. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. No, there's a Tomb Raider, Rise of Tomb Raider. Wait, the, so same team, wait, the same team who did Deus Ex did Thief? I, well, I don't know if it's the same team. Same company. don't know if it's the same, same team. company, oh, I guess. I was yeah. about to say, that's that's shocking. <laughs> that, was, that would have been legitimately shocking if that same team did Thief, because Thief fucking blew. Wow. And now, I don't say that often about games where I'm like, this game sucks. Thief could have been so good. Oh man, that, you just when I look at Thief, it's like, damn, I want to play you, and then I play it, and I'm like, this sucks. It's so <laughs> linear. That sucks. Anyway, what's your news, Maddie? Well, let's start off what I've been playing. Um, I've been playing the same games. I just beat Divinity Original Sin again. That is that is such a good RPG. It took me 75 hours though. It's a long fucking. I had a lot game. of RPGs. I love RPGs. They're my favorite. Also, because Divinity Original Sin 2 comes out on early access in a couple of weeks. It's one of my most anticipated games of this year. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited for the second one. So that's why I wanted to run through that one. And so I did that with a friend. Uh, beat it in co-op about 75, 78 hours or so. Very long game. Nice. Very nice. long game. Um, but yeah, really fun. So I'm, I'm very excited to try out the second one. So that's what I've been playing. I got five headlines. Or three, four. Can't count. Four headlines here. Um, the first one, loan I wanted to talk about because I think you'd be excited about this. Uh, all these headlines are coming from Game Informer, by the way. More secrets teased within Bioshock the Collection. Uh, <laughs> scour Rapture for golden reels that unlock Imagining Bioshock video series. Do you know about that? I am. I didn't know it was tied that way, but I knew that these videos, like these, are the video series with Ken Levine mm-hmm. talking about the. Oh man, like yeah. Oh. I just, I just love all this attention Bioshock's getting. Um, Dude, it's, you know, it's so obvious, though. There's, it's so obvious. There's a third Bioshock coming. Of course, th- of course there or is. Or uh, whatever it, you want to call it, because honestly, dude, they, they are I hyping think... up a collection so much. And it's going to sell well. You can tell it's going to sell well. But they are hyping this thing up to get Bioshock in the news again. and then Definitely. I mean, there is uh... so much marketing going behind it. There's such a focus going behind it. And... I think, personally, that this is a great chance to reboot the Bioshock series in a new direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said this multiple times in the past. 
But it's Ken also Levain. dangerous. Not to interrupt you, but it's also dangerous because yeah. they're hyping it up. A lot of people are going to be playing this again or for the first time. A lot of our viewers are interested in Bioshock but really haven't played it. So, yeah. you know, if they go in and they play these Bioshocks, love what they did, and then they do something drastically different in a new vision. But, but this is the problem, though, dangerous. right? The fact is, Ken Levine isn't working on these games anymore, and we, and we need to accept that. And I think yeah. more bo- people that are starting to play at Bioshock need to understand that dynamic. And mm. they, that's just, this is why I think they need to reboot the series and make it very clear who's working on it now and the direction that they're going in and make it just different. You know, Have it be Bioshock, I don't know, Underground, for example. Like, who the fuck knows? It could be anything. But just make sure that you don't touch what Ken Levine did or try and draw too many parallels or try and continue the story yeah. because if Easter you do that are fine, but, Easter mean. eggs are fine but don't disinfer- like what's the word I guess you know hardcore fans of Bioshock they liked what Bioshock 1 to 2 to a lesser extent and Infinite did right that game those games were kind of like at the end of Bioshock Infinite were wrapped up in a nice little bow given back to the fans and said that's Bioshock as I envisioned it me being Ken Levine and I don't think that should be touched in any way. I think yeah. they should just move on, reboot, do something new, ensure that people understand that this is a new company working on a new Bioshock with a new direction. And Bioshock, I think, is flexible enough to be able to be applied to different settings and different stories and different characters. Infinite sure. prove that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And maybe that's because of Ken Levine's brilliance in storytelling. But I, th- but still, I still think they, that... They captured that same magic that Underwater did up in the sky. Definitely, without so... a doubt. With, yeah, I... So, I'm so excited, though. I am excited to see yeah, what was, they have. I was watching the, the new gameplay that they released about... Uh, it was in Infinite, and it was, like, the, the first part where you walk out of the... I think it's, like, out of the air balloon, I'm not sure. You, you like, land, and then you walk into the town, and, and like, the bridge folds down and everything. Yeah, and, and there's I, a big statue there. Yeah, and, like, he's walking yep. down, and, and, and you see, like, the, the light, like, the, the sun just, like, beaming down on you. and, and Beautiful, and, like, isn't it? Oh, dude. And that was... I remember being... That was one of the few games that every corner in Bioshock Infinite was just scoured by me. I was I had to see yeah. everything in this game because it was so fucking gorgeous, and that's why I'm excited to play Infinite again because I've actually never played Infinite on my PC. I played Bioshock One on my PC, where that one might not be as intriguing to me again. Yeah, but two I haven't played in ages. I have not played two since I, I want to say. When did two come out? Because I want to say 08, but I'm not sure. Ooh, I think 09, okay. maybe. All right, so maybe it was like 2010 for me or something like that. But, but I have not played Bioshock 2 in a long while. I've only played that game once. Yeah. And not because I didn't like it. I just I remember fondly enjoying it. Let's I just have have, a look. haven't had a replay. Oh, no, it. it was released in February of 2010. So there you go. Okay, 2010. Um, wow. But this is the thing about Bioshock 2. More people need to give it a fucking chance because... You have to. Now I think it's going to be in a fucking collection of games. It's going to be in a collection. It. You need to play it. I, I, I don't care what people say. Yes, you could probably play Bioshock 1, Bioshock Infinite, and the DLC and be satisfied with Bioshock and get you know the main gists of the story. But I think Bioshock 2 offers something very different in terms of being a big daddy, you know, ha- having much different combat compared to the first game, facing the big sisters, which, holy shit, they're, they're like monstrosities, <laughs> like yeah. scary fucking things. Um, but I, I think that people should play just, just for the sake of playing it. It's not that long and you, you might find something that you like in that game. But I I wanted to mention about Bioshock Infinite though, the the bit that always gets me is when you're getting shot up into Columbia and this is not really a spoiler and 
you first introduce to the city and the music is just dun, dun, yeah. dun, and it's just like oh it's perfect it's the best part it gives me goosebumps without fairly every time gives you reminded me of the thing in the vault in Fallout 3 I loved that mm-hmm. and I've said it to it's that similar, yeah it's a similar for those who haven't played Bioshock but have played Fallout it's an identical moment it's like when you walk out of the vault in Fallout 3 or 4 oh, yeah. and you see just everything and it's the yeah. same thing with, with Infinite, where you just float down and you see everything. It's like, holy shit. Like, I can't believe it. Daedalus, that. have you um, finished, like, the DLC of Bioshock Infinite? I have not, no. Oh, uh, God! I, I know, I've not played one or two either, though, so... Uh, okay, this is what you need to do, all right? You need to play... Bi- it, this is, this is what I'll gonna, say to people... I was going to wait for the collection. Okay, no, when the collection choice, comes out, sure. this is what I'll say. At the very least, what people need to do, and this is bare minimum... Is play Bioshock One Infinite and the DLC. Uh, what's it called? I can't remember what the DLC. Burial at Sea, right? Mm. One and two. If you want to play, if you have time to play Bioshock Two and you're interested, by all means, play it after Bioshock One. But that's the bare minimum that you need to do, and then you'll get, you know, the Bioshock story and the story of Rapture just tied up. It's ah, oh, amazing. Especially because yeah. Bioshock One isn't as long. I think Infinite's a lot longer. Bioshock One isn't though. So definitely, that's... you you could fit in Bioshock One and Infinite. Um, I'm probably opening a can of worms here, but what's people's issues with Bioshock 2? I don't know. This, th- okay, this is what I think. I, I, I don't think... actually know. I just thought it was like a thing that people didn't like. And I'm not, gen- I'm not saying that to be like uh, a dipshit. I'm just genuinely saying I don't know what people don't like about 2. Because when I played it, I wasn't like, this is not what I like about Bioshock. There wasn't any drastic changes. Like, the only drastic change is you, instead of hunting out of the big daddies, you are the big daddy. I was like, that's fucking cool. I think it stems from a lot of things. I think for hardcore fans, they have at the back of their mind that Ken Levine didn't work on this, like, predominantly. He supported it a little bit. So I know, I know, but for, just for that reason, they'll find themselves nitpicking at every stage and think, would Ken Levine have done it like this? I think that's the main reason. Secondly, oh, <laughs> yeah, secondly, I agree that the story is not as good as uh, Bioshock Infinite. I agree that the immersion isn't as profound as Bioshock 1 because you've already played Bioshock 1, so it's not like that feeling when you first arrive in Rapture and you see a spider slicer rip open the fucking throat of someone else. Like, that was scary as shit. And, yeah, and it was really all unfamiliar and it, it, it gets you. Yeah. So, and also as well, I mean, I'm not saying this to, because I'm a Bioshock fan. Bioshock 1 is across the board considered to be one of the greatest games of all time. Like, you look at IMDb, you look at any top video games list, Bioshock 1 is always there. So try and compare that, you know, to any other game, and some games just can't hold the candle. I think that's a major reason, too. Next bit of news I wanted to talk about, EA should delay Titanfall 2. This is an opinion piece on Game Informer, but I thought it was, uh, just from the headline alone, I was like, you know what, I think they should. I agree, too. Right, what's up with it? I've not been really... I didn't follow Titanfall 1, uh, so I've not followed this one either. Um, I'm really out of the loop in all this. <laughs> I, see, for me, it's like, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with Titanfall 2. I think it's just releasing at the wrong time. Yeah. That's what I think, personally. Because it's it's not just it, just that it's being released at the same time as another really popular game. It's being released at the same time as a game that's published by the same company in the form of Battlefield 1. It's just an interesting re- release window, for one, 
But secondly, I think uh, I've seen a lot of uh, pieces and articles on how the multiplayer is just weird. Like, they did that tech test, and I don't know, I, I think people are having a lot of issues with it. And I think Eric Kane also said that they they should delay it or that it wasn't right. Um, yeah, I, I think a combination of those two things means that it will be a good idea to delay it, even if it's a month, you know? For me, I think they should delay it into the spring, unless they have something else planned. That's my just guess yeah. because apparently I, I haven't had a chance to do the tech test yet and see how it rolls but from what I've gathered the game needs work it's not generating mm. the same hype that Titanfall 1 did and it's releasing next to the biggest shooters of the year which are Call of Duty and Battlefield 1 Yeah, uh, it's a recipe for disaster It's gonna. It, it reminds me of Tomb Raider where it's just this stubbornness like fuck Fallout 4 let's launch it on Fallout 4's launch day anyway <laughs> so uh, for me it's it seems like stubbornness, but it also seems like they're trying to act like maybe it won't get the attention that it'll get no matter what time they release it. I, maybe I they think, think they're catering to a specific fan base for for EA specifically. Like, okay, we have Battlefield for people who want to like get a little tactical with things, and then we got our fast-paced shooter. Nah. I, 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 I think, think... That's my only excuses I can think for why they're doing this. I think most um, people, you know, don't have much time. Like, a lot of people don't have much time to play games because most people have jobs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So they don't, at least from my perspective, I don't look at Battlefield 1 as this, you know, old war time style game and then t- Titanfall 2 is this different type of game and then make my decision based on that. I'm just like, all right, which is the shooter that I want to play this summer? <laughs> and that's as, as much as I'll look into it. And I think... If more people are playing Battlefield and it has more hype around it and it's a more polished game, that's the game I'm going to play. And I think it's the exact same issue that Battleborn faced with you Overwatch. Should, you should clarify, correct. You should clarify, though, for people that your summer's at a different point in time because people are probably thinking that you're a moron right now. Summer is yeah. November, <laughs> December, January, <laughs> February, Australia time, like real roughly. Like yeah. summer's technically not November, but whatever. Is um, it true you so, still yeah. got Christmas cards with snow on? No, so, so Australia's a complete summertime uh, uh, Christmas. You should experience it. It's great. Wow. It's phenomenal. It's wow. phenomenal. It really is. I mean, you know, barbecuing at nighttime when it's summer and, oh, it's great. It's awesome. No, yeah, I love summer. Mine's coming to a close on Monday. Trust me. I love summer. I'm you saying, should experience a summertime you Christmas. should experience a wintertime Christmas. And I will one day. I, I probably will one day. I'll visit my family and I get in America. what you're saying, because for me, I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, what's appealing about being hot and sweaty in the bright sun on Christmas Day? Like, what's fun about that? But you're probably wondering, <laughs> what's the fun in being freezing cold with snow on the ground everywhere? There's driving hazards, and, and it's cloudy and ugly out. Like, why would I like that? I, hmm. I, I don't know. I think it's a difference in perspective, because I love shitty weather. That, that puts Shitty weather puts me in a good mood. It's the weirdest thing. I love the cloudy days. I love rainy <laughs> days. I love snowy days. Yep, yeah. I don't know but what the pro- it is. this is the problem, though, right? Australia doesn't have many places in the cities, anyways. That's snow. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. So if win- if it was a winter time Christmas in Australia, it would just be cold and and rainy. It wouldn't be cool snow. We don't really get that here, hmm. unfortunately. Oh well. Other uh, headline I wanted to knock on was uh, Don't Nod releases 15 minute vampire walkthrough video. Have you guys heard of Vampire? Yep. V a n p y r. No. Yeah, yeah. It is. Are there two similar like it? Is is that the World War 
it's like yeah, it's, it's a World War One RPG where you play as a vampire, and it's they released a 15 minute gameplay video. I watched it last two nights ago, and it, it looks really interesting. Now, Don't Nod is the team that made. I want to say they did Life is Strange, if I remember correctly. Did yes. they? I can't remember. Lone, would you mind looking that up? What's the name again? Don't Nod. Don't Nod? Yeah. Okay. All one word. Uh, oh, okay. That's a, that's a really r- weird... Okay, you know what? I'm not even going to question it. Just... So, don't, don't Nod Entertainment. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I just so... want to know who developed Life is Strange. You're right. Is this, right. Where, so is this was... where we're going now with Dev Studios? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> hello games and don't nod. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they released uh, they... Remember Me, Life is Strange, and Vampire. Yeah. There you go. And, and Life is Strange was fantastic. Fucking amazing game. Yeah, I've heard of it. Remember that. Me, uh, hit or miss for people. For me, it was a hit. I really liked it. Hidden Gem. Play it if you haven't. It's got a cool combat system. Really, really cool setting like a dystopian kind of Paris, but it's futuristic. It's so cool. And so what Don't Nod has showed, especially with Vampire as well, is that they have really fucking good ideas no matter what. You know, Life is Strange is a good spin on the typical Telltale game with its its rewinding time and more interactive gameplay instead of just only making choices, but only t- as well as telling a fantastic story. Remember me, like I said, hair miss. Good combat, interesting story, interesting universe, at least for me. And so Vampire is another case of it. Interesting time, interesting scenario where you're in World War One times, but you're playing as a vampire, and it's like a role-playing game. So, uh, you know, you, you can choose to obviously feed on people or not feed on people. It's a lot like Vampire the Masquerade or whatever. You know, that game that CJ always tells us about, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Bloodlines or whatever. So it, it sounds a lot like that, and I enjoyed that game quite a bit, but this one seems to be more modernized in the sense where combat isn't a bitch, um, and <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it. They said it's like a semi-open world, so I, it's a game I'm definitely curious about. It's apparently coming out next year, and I, I just wanted to talk about that to see if you guys watched that 15-minute gameplay walkthrough or not. Sorry, I didn't. Oh. Okay, not a big deal. Uh, last bit of news i wanted to talk about was i know you guys aren't into these games but i just want to mention because i think this happens a lot with games in general where people read a headline and misinterpret what it means but it says final fantasy 15's path narrows about halfway through and what the director of the game said was that you like the first half of the game is open world and the second half is more linear and um what i get from that is that People are saying, like, oh, they lied, you know, it's just open world until you get to a certain point. But it's like <laughs> with any game where there's a main story, and once you get going in the main story, you get to this certain part, the narrative takes over now. There's not time for that open world mm. shit where, they're, where it, uh, for me, I think it's a bit of a kind of breaks up the game when I'm not just going from mission to mission and the story's carrying itself and it said, like, finish the mission, okay, I'm suddenly back in the open world. Now i got to run across the open world to here, start up the mission there, like, almost like GTA Five. Yeah. Maybe that's just me, but it's a little weird for me. Did he mean it in the sense of linear world or linear story? I because I was like, I thought I interpreted that as like four four at the start. You, have, you can side with anyone for a certain amount of time, and then exactly. you have to make a final decision. Yeah, decision. even in his quote, he said, "You know, in the second half, you take a main route." You know, so there's side shit there. But I think what he means is that 
it slims down. Like there are less options. Uh, you know, you're not just going to be running around getting lost in side quests and shit because once you get to a certain point in the game, like with any game, the story's going to take over. And like people were like flabbergasted at this. Like, what the fuck? You know, what are they talking about? How could they lie to us and shit? And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> He's saying that. It, they the lied gonna, to us. Yeah, the story's you gonna take over. One. <laughs> uh, I just love some of the reactions people give to oh, video yeah. games. Yeah. For fuck's sake. <laughs> but that'll wrap up our general gaming news bit. It was, a, it was a good talk. But what I want to hear is what people are asking us this week. Sloan, you're the one who's fielding the questions this time. Oh, yeah. All right. So two people have asked, why did my dad leave me so can we not give those kinds of questions <laughs> oh, was he spazzy? serious nah it's spazzy oh spazzy fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my it's god spazzy. someone asked are you excited for Nuka World yes it's <laughs> uh, a Harambe question and I think that's the can that meme die yeah I know I know I, like it's, it was funny oh, yeah. at first but like Lone now... told enough for that earlier yeah, but now oh, it's like, why? You, I don't even... you released a Harambe meme before. I've lost all respect for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm trying to find this question about the voice actor. So, um, Ed underscore philosophy asks, like who are your favorite video game voice actors? Yuri now, I, I will say, because it's the first one that came to my mind, is Roger Craig Smith. He did Ezio from Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood and all of that. He also did Batman Phenomenal. and uh, Arkham Origins. And he was, yeah, he was yeah. good at that. Um, I know the, you know the obvious answer is Troy Baker, but you know, <laughs> he, he, he did Booker, uh, I'm just saying. But no, nah, Roger Craig Smith, I think he just nailed Ezio. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. I think, so. uh, for me, Yuri Lowenthal, he was... Uh, he, the, the man's in like every game. Like you'll, I can identify him like that. Uh, hmm. you'll hear him he'll do some of the the yells like in the background during like war games or whatever but hmm. he was he was also the main protagonist in sunset overdrive he was sasuke he was yosuke like he was he's been a lot of characters he was uh i think he was i forgot the name of the main character in prince of persia like he's been in so many games and he's, he's just so good I, he's got one of the most unique voices in the business and i, I want to fucking meet this guy um the other one and i know this one is gonna sound like a cop-out but really courtney taylor she was in KOTOR. She played as Juhani. Yeah. She was Jack yeah. in Mass Effect. I love Jack. And she was obviously the, the female protagonist in Fallout 4 as well, on top of many other gigs she's done. And, and Courtney yeah. is fucking unbelievably talented. No she secret. Is. She's so good. So she's definitely one of my favorites, too. Cool. What about you, Rob? Uh, I'm going to go with Matt and be a full cop-out. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I don't really pay attention to a lot of voice actors, but it just happens. Okay, who, who's your favorite... Character in terms of voice, and then we'll figure out who the voice actor is. <laughs> oh, oh well, you won't know because it's from Deus Ex. Uh, it's the cool. antagonist Bob Page, who's voiced by Cliff Stevens. I think he just has like a really unique voice. I mean, I can't even tell what accent it is. IMDb. Huh. Um, All right, I'm so he has done Deus Ex. Uh, Deus Ex. He was in Prison Break as a con- counter customer, apparently. He was in Walker, Texas Ranger. Did you know that? He also <laughs> voiced Ace, Age of Empires 2. That's interesting. Is, wait, is this just games only or voice actors in general? Is, oh, um, was it both? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, I, I like 
I like Vegeta's voice actor a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I do like Sean Schmell, even though he won't come on the podcast. <laughs> I'm still mad at him for that. <laughs> I'm fucking believable. That's so hey, funny. man, yeah, I'll come on. Psych. I was just kidding, bro. <laughs> it's like, really? It's so a, funny, yeah, though. I was like, it's a fuck <laughs> joke, bro. <laughs> like, uh, I, I laughed. It was funny. I did, too. Uh, and I was like, hmm. But he's done a lot of stuff. So he obviously did Strong, Fallout 4. He did. He does Goku. Um, he does uh, Lucario in Super Smash Brothers. Really? Uh, bunch of other shit. He, he does a lot of stuff. He's um, Bruce Wayne and Batman in The Dark Knight Rises. Hmm. Mm. Do you like him a little bit more now, Maddie? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I was just looking at but, my games to make sure I wasn't forgetting anything. I love Fox's voice actor from Smash Bros. Melee. Mission complete. Yeah. Him, him, and, him and Link. Because... Yeah, like, you can't. No one can. I've never heard anyone successfully ever imitate Link or, or Fox. You can kind of do, but Link, I've never heard anyone fucking imitate him properly. Perfect. Yeah, shot, and he fucking does the girls <laughs> up the. <Sit. laughs> That's great. And that that double jump noise he makes, where he like jumps and he goes like <gasps> like that. Like, I I don't know how someone did that. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> brilliant. Um, God. All right, I guess, what's the most... All right, this comes from Joe Butler. He asks, what's your most anticipated game being released in 2016? I just made a video on that. It'll be coming out later this week, but I'll say it anyway, Final Fantasy 15. All right, I'll shut up now. Rob? Well, it was Deus Ex, but it's Battlefield 1 now. Okay. Um, Battlefield 1, that's interesting. It is an interesting pick. Hmm. I think for me, it's obviously Bioshock, the collection, but in terms of new IP... I was going to say, uh, dude, you're picking a fucking collection as your favorite game? Uh, <laughs> I, I will say Titanfall. I, I am looking forward to Titanfall. Really? Yeah. Like, I liked Titanfall 1, and I want to know what they're doing with the story. But to be honest, there's not many games that are coming out. So, hmm. anyway. Uh, here we go. Um... Daedalus, first question. Have you uh, played No Man's Sky? Uh, a, a little bit on my brother's PS4, yeah. Maddie, have you? Yes. So here's a question from at CanBacon22. Thoughts on No Man's Sky, both the game itself and the effect of the hype that preceded it? Go. Matty first. Well, like I said in my review, I was like, okay, how did no one learn from Fallout 4? I said, I said this on the podcast, too. Um... <laughs> I enjoyed it. I think part of it was Sean Murray did lie quite a bit. I hate to say it because the guy was so excited about his game. I think he got a little did, carried did away. Did he lie or was he intentionally vague? There's a lot of videos of him promising, saying stuff will be in the game that is not in the game. Okay, so the one thing... And they're not okay. leaps. Like They're the, they're like, this will be in the game. It's not in the game. Okay, I, I haven't played the game, so I'm not judging here. But I'm just... Some of the times when people say he promised multiplayer... Whenever I see saw him mentioning that, what he said was, "There's a chance you can see other players in the game, but it's a very low likelihood." Because of how big it was, not because yeah. it's not possible. I, I, but yeah. so it's and not then actually two players possible. tried to meet up, and apparently they no. weren't in the same instance or something. Two players it's still not have not met up yet, it, so I think people are just denying that this game is even like a multiplayer game. Interesting. Uh, but I yet, I saw a YouTube friend of mine post a screenshot and he ended up in someone else's galaxy so he he's been where someone else has been so that means that there is an online component they are marking that you're traveling to someone else's galaxy which is cool 
Uh, but for He's me, I didn't. I didn't go in. I was excited for the game, and I made a video talking about why people should be interested and excited for it. When I made that video, no one got mad at me. But when I made that video, I didn't realize how much hype was driving this game. I didn't know that this was like Fallout 4 hype train times two. Like a lot of people were crazy fucking stoked for this game, and yeah. I. I want to say I don't know why, but like, I I think a lot of people just thought that since there was this intrigue, since Sean Murray kept kind of explaining the game fully but people are like wait this game's so big there's got to be more that people's own suspension of disbelief kind of fucked them i i think i and having not played the game you know there's obviously on one side where it was intentionally vague and yeah maybe sometimes false marketing and then on the other side it's people uh take you know letting the hype you know take them away and and building up these expectations that could never be met i think as always the the truth is somewhere in the middle and I think I mean, it's there's a bit also, of Pardon me, I choked on my water. There's also a huge difference between what we saw in trailers. Like, the quality of <laughs> stuff that was there. And Did you see that uh, Ju- Jurassic Park comparison? That's, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I know that was an intentionally bad shot of the game in a sense where it wasn't like... It wasn't the best-looking shot of the game, but, like, it was still the game in general, and there, there's not nearly that much vibrant uh, colors or anything there. That was so funny. <laughs> I felt bad for laughing. No, it was, it was funny, but I'm saying, Rob, like, that, that's the example think? I was referring to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I briefly followed it for a short time when it was first announced, because to me, that's, like, my perfect type of game. I'd love to just sit back and play that all day. But Okay. I kind of knew since then it wouldn't deliver on it, so I didn't jump on the hype train with it because I just knew I'd get my hopes up too much. So I sat back for the the two years and uh, it came out and I started reading all the reviews for it and there was that big Reddit post on the No Man's Sky subreddit about... It's like completely... Where they kind of catalogued everything that was promised and not met. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I was like, ugh, I'm not going to bother reading it. I just... I'm disappointed, really. Um... So uh, I went on at my brother's PS4, not even for that long, I just landed on the planet, uh, and all it is is mining, so, yeah, <laughs> and looking at streams of it, you see like a lot of uh, creature assets being reused a lot, and you can yeah. tell that it's just like snapping together like Lego pieces, mm-hmm. so that kind of suspended the immersion a bit. What, but, what I hope is that this game is a, like... Finally, if there was a game that was ever going to be a lesson learned for not building up your expectations, this should be the game. Like, I've never seen a game have so much hype around it as mm. No Man's Sky did. And the fact that it didn't meet expectations should teach people just take your time, wait till the reviews come out, you know, make an informed purchase. So, you that's know, why review you're not... copies are important. That's why I made a yeah. video on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's when people started saying that you shouldn't do review copies. I'm like, dude. Why, not? why would you do review copies? Yeah, I'm like, why would you <laughs> want to be in the dark on a game? Why would you want that? Like, I. I uh... Next I question. Not... <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, there's, there's not that many great questions. Um, oh, he, this is actually. I lie. This is a great question. And this is by Ed Philosophy again. He's, he's been on a roll. Okay. He asks, what two game developer companies would you like to work together on a video game? That's a really good question, Dan. Aside from the obvious. Yeah, aside, yeah, aside from Bethesda doing the world building Bethesda and Obsidian Nintendo. doing the question. Like, okay. 
we get it. That, that's like the ideal match made in heaven, but no one's going to fucking settle to do that. If they do, I'll yeah. be fucking mind blown. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'll, I want to say Ubisoft, because of the historical aspects of Assassin's Creed and how they just capture those worlds brilliantly. And I want to see that melded in with... Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> now, you know what? I'll say this. I'll say this with whoever 2K is getting to work on the new Bioshock game. I would love to see that kind of really nice juxtaposition with you know, this, these historical references, these old worlds mixed in with a new Bioshock game somehow. Like if the Bioshock game was like set in a really distant past, I think that would be cool. Damn, I'm having trouble thinking of a question. I know, it's a fucking brilliant question. I'd say um, Frontier Development, which made uh, Elite Dangerous, and EA for the sole reason that they could work on Star Wars space sim games. Uh, Have either of you played or seen Elite Dangerous at all? No, I I, I actually haven't. No, it's quite... It's a bit bare-bones content-wise, but it's quite in-depth and it feels really good to fly. Uh, yeah. and is a, an entire galaxy. So I would think a Star Wars game like that would be awesome. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, it would just be with EA for the purpose of licensing with Star Wars. So <laughs> Yeah. I'm in trouble thinking of a good one right now. Just some, uh, like, link video game developers. No, because I have, like, <laughs> a bunch of ideas coming through my head. I know I want one to be Bioware. Bioware, as Bio- Bioware, as in writing. Their writing is always good. Um, okay. like story, characters. It, there's always some really big bright spot, even when they're not at their best. It's like really good patches. <clears throat> oh, there goes my phone. Um, I mean, I don't want to cop out. I won't say Bethesda, but I'm saying my idea would have been Bioware and Bethesda. Yeah. But I'll say Bioware and... Actually... Mm... You know what would be really cool is actually Larian Studios and Black... And uh, who the fuck does... Uh, what's his name work with now? Uh, Brian Fargo. They made Wasteland In Exile. In Exile. In Exile. Yeah. I think Larian and In Exile would be a cool collaboration because yeah. uh, they, they both do the same types of game, isometric overhead, strategy, role-playing type of games. Yeah. But they both do different, unique things with them that I think if they combine together could make something really cool. So I'm going to go with that. That's, That's my hipster one. prediction. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think that's about it. Okay. There's, there's too many Harambe questions. Fuck. All right. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Fucking hell. Yeah, so we we'll, live we'll, we'll can it here then. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, Rob, thank you for joining us, thank bro. You. Thank you for having me on. It's been uh, far too long. <laughs> oh, yeah. Better come back Only, soon. Uh, so another 71 until you join us again? <laughs> uh, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> God, there's there's been too many podcasts. When it gets to a hundred, we need, we need a live stream that or do something different. Yeah, yeah. I've been, I was thinking of that in the shower. I don't know why I had to specify. I was thinking of that in the shower earlier. I was like, what are we gonna do for a hundred? Because like we tried live, we've tried. Well, I mean, we're doing a new format now, which has been going over really well. We went to mobile. Like, what special thing could we do for a hundred? But we only did live once. But dude, let's be honest. That was a fucking train wreck. Only because Noah kept looking at the chat. So did you. So did you. I, I was I the only too. one who didn't <laughs> stare at the chat. And, and, and 
it, it just I, I don't know i think it puts too much pressure on because if we fuck up at least here we can we usually don't have to but if we fuck up here i can edit something out yeah true. when it's on twitch though like if someone says like we don't know sometimes like we know rob would be fine but we don't know what some of our some of our guests have come on and said like like racist shit before and we're like we gotta cut that <laughs> which is oh right okay you cut it <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah do, we, do i know then uh yes yeah was it monty no no <laughs> No. Sorry. I'll, I'll let you know. No, you're fine. I'll let you know after. Oh, God. All right. That's bad. We'll wrap this up. Anyways, uh, Daedalus, we always like to get the guests to end the podcast, so feel free to end it however you see fit. Sorry to put you on the spot. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, yeah, thanks. Just thanks for having me on. And um, I could have joined, <laughs> joined on about Deus Ex a lot more, so thank you for stopping me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 